This is Podcast for Columbus. Recording from Columbus, Ohio, home of the hardest working team. Coda Stewart, Cameron McKay, and Todd Fichtenberg are talking all things soccer. Columbus Crew, International, Premier League, and everything in between. Welcome to our conversation. This is Podcast for Columbus, recording live on Easter Sunday, April 21st, 2019, from the Crew Cave in Southwest Columbus. I'm Todd Fichtenberg at Todd33, and with me today is Dakota Stewart at Coda Stewart and Cam McKay. You can find him on Twitter at Cam McKay4. So we've missed you taking a week off. Um, unfortunately, we don't have anything good to share with you this week, but um, let's just jump into the two games that we had um, to talk about. So we actually had two games. One game Dakota was at in Montreal. I was. I'm actually, to be honest, more interested in hearing about your trip than talking about that <laughs> dumb game. <laughs> yeah, that was a bad game, but good trip. I do have a couple serious questions. Was, were the announcers piping stuff in the PA system, like telling people like what to say and what to do? Or was that just where we like had the speakers... Because on TV, it was constantly something was being piped in and people were responding to it. Or was that just the capos? Um, I think it was just the capos. Um, they did have stuff coming through the speakers, but I couldn't understand any of it because it was in French for one. But it wasn't that loud anyway. I didn't even notice until you just brought it up. Yeah, it, it happened throughout the entire game. So I wonder if they accidentally had like a mic right on the capo stand or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I would assume. Because they have how their stadium is set up. They have two supporter groups. Uh, one behind each goal, so it was like oh. a back and forth type thing. Oh, that's pretty cool. I actually I didn't know that. Um, I didn't know one of the groups did a tifo that a surprise they showed on TV. It basically said, um, "Don, this is your league. Fix it." And had a picture of a green card. Which, as much as I want to diss Don Garber, how is it his fault that Canadian law is harder to get a visa than American law? I don't really understand, but whatever. Um, also, what about those supporters in red cheering on Awful? What, I didn't the understand what that was either. Fans. Yeah, uh, so the team that he used to play with or play for in uh, Tunisia, uh, they have a big supporters group in Montreal, oh. and they traveled to the game just to see him, but <laughs> to their surprise, he wasn't oh, in the lineup stinks. because okay. he still has injury. But they were great. Um, they came right over to us. They were cheering for Columbus with us because nice. – it's Harrison's team. Um, so, yeah, I, it was a great experience. They were actually louder than everybody else in the whole stadium the entire time. It was it was a pretty cool experience. That is cool because in Toronto, there's a whole huge Justin Miriam contingency. Yeah. Uh, when I went to that game a couple years ago. It was actually kind of interesting because that same day, like right um, after the crew game, I was at 3 Montreal time. Esperanza team was playing in like uh, Champions League semifinal or quarterfinal. Yeah. And so, like... They, was, actually, they actually left during halftime to go watch their team. Okay. <laughs> I was like... Because I remember seeing that. I was like, wait, aren't they playing right now? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but they were great. I mean, yeah. uh, there were a couple guys that stuck around for the whole game, uh, the crew game. Um, but the majority of them, they left. I think they went off to their supporter get-together, whatever, to watch their Esperanza team play. But they were, they were fantastic. That is pretty cool, then. All right. Hey, so do you know what your Noron Tour... Uh, stats are? Well, I've only seen the crew one, uh, win one game in NYCFC 2015. Same here. Um, I've seen a 
draw in Chicago, and then the rest have been losses. <laughs> yeah, I'm two six and three overall. The only other win was the FCC game in um, in Charleston, but I don't. That's not necess- That's not a real. It is MLS, but it's not like an MLS game. And then also the US yeah. Open Cup and US Open Cup loss. And that was the first ever FCC. meeting uh, crew in FCC. Yeah. So, so good that you saw that. Yeah, so it's good to be there. Um, so I don't know if we want to really talk too much about the Montreal game. Um, just a couple things about the lineup. You had your typical same old, same old, same old. Um, four, two, three, one. With Robinho taking Marin's spot still, and Williams starting instead of Syro again. Did Robinho take Marin's spot, or is it just Robinho's spot now? Oh, fair. But he may have taken it from him, and it says now. Hopefully. Or it's just nobody's spot, and we're just waiting for someone else to fill <laughs> Please, in. Please, someone good come here. <laughs> yeah, we'll get. Yeah, we'll get there. Um, and then the skipper is Willow Trap again. Um, Montreal. I'd completely forgot about uh, Ratata. Um, yeah. Completely forgot about him. I didn't even see that he was playing until after the game. <laughs> yeah, did he play uh, center back for Crew? No. no, he was uh, left, left back. back yeah. I thought so. Yeah, okay. He's been like a center back since he's been in Montreal. So that was interesting. And then Cam, there's somebody from City, right? Like number 33. I don't know how to say his name. Oh, Bakary Sanya. He played for Arsenal and City in the Premier League yeah, for years. And then he has a cool a number. Few other stops. and. I forgot that Montreal signed him at the end of last year. And so, yeah, he started it right back. Um, but, anywho, there's only one goal in this game, and unfortunately it came from Montreal. Um, Novio assisted by Arudi in the 55th minute. Should have never happened. He had Mensa and Saros screwing around in the back. Mensa giveaway. Chapman Archer caught no man's land. Just a horrible defensive lapse. Um, and then I'd written in my notes after the game, hopefully Saro gets his starting position back. But... Whoa, that's a foreshadowing. <laughs> so, substitution, nothing really too exciting to talk about. At least Porter tried to do stuff early. Miriam came on in the 58th for Santos. Um, but he didn't really do anything other than have three handballs. So, I, that was a complete waste of space. Hansen on for Robinho in the 74th. And then, at the very end, Mullins came on for him and as in the 84th. It was just... Yeah, like that's a why. Just dumb. I mean, maybe like, thirty minutes ago, but we needed a goal, why? but it was just. And then, like one of Mullen's first touches, he just like blasted it <laughs> yeah. like forty feet over the goal. Yeah, he had he kind of had the like look of somebody who did yards. not want to be here and does not care anymore. Um, that was kind of probably depressing. Someone is taking his spot as backup striker. Yeah, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <laughs> but even so, it seems like he'd want to fight harder, but. But that's just me. Um, so let's just go on to rank the players from the Montreal game. Um, I don't know if you remember, but um, let me see here. We'll start up top with Zardes. Anybody can go first. Um, I'll just give him a five. I, I feel like I hogged the microphone. He had a bad game. Agreed. Sweet. I gave him a four, and I wrote he was completely terrible. So... Also agree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pretty much everybody during that game was bad. Um, post-game comments from Caleb I didn't agree with. He said that he liked what he saw and was happy that we're getting to where we need to be as a team. But if he, scoring zero goals is where we need to be as a team, then that's really concerning. He has made similarly positive comments about Pipa, and I'm beginning to wonder if it's a reverse psychology type thing. I don't know what it is. Caleb is like, you know, let me say something positive about the players that suck so that they can come back and do better. The thing that stuck out to me that I never noticed about Jazzy, though, he is, at least he was in Montreal, he was incredibly slow. 
Like just watching it on TV when they had like the pan outs, like, oh man, yeah. it was I mean, he's painful. Really, he's really slow with the ball at his feet. Yeah, and he's pretty quick in open play, but or you know, like making his runs. Feet. Yeah, but um, just does. I mean, his kind of touches really slow him down. Um, yeah, I and as far as Caleb's comments, I think Montreal might have been our overall worst performance of the year. Like. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Philly maybe was worse, but there were at le- there was like at least like you know a couple things you could pick from in the Philly game as far as you know bright spots. But I mean, overall, like Montreal, that was probably our like just there's nothing I could really take from that at all. Yeah, yeah. and maybe it's because the pitch wasn't quite green yet. I don't know. Is that sure what people are talking about? I on saw Twitter? so many stupid comments about the pitch. <laughs> like Montreal's winter ended yeah. literally like a couple days before. Did we it even went. end yet? No, like. Everything is still dead. Everything is just now starting to bud. And I saw some people like, you should be mad at Don Garber. You should, your players should be mad. I'm like, yeah, to an extent. But what the heck is the league going to do to control yeah. the weather? Like, I can see both sides. But, I mean, it's also a league where there are a bunch of turf fields. Like, it's... Yeah, like Montreal is not a league favorite. They're not going to get any kind of support. Yeah. So, I mean... I don't know. It, yeah, and same with Minnesota. I mean, they were they were smashing in the brand new stadiums. They were using like a crowbar type thing to smash ice off the seats, off the brand yeah. new seats for their very first game. So what does that tell you? All right, so Robinho in the, this game, I actually thought he didn't have that great of a game, but he did at least make Evan Bush dive a couple times. On the broadcast, they said, well, Evan Bush didn't have to dive there. But in my opinion, if you make a goalkeeper dive, you're doing something right, even if it would have gone wide anyways. You made them worried enough to where they need to stop it. So he gets a six from me. Um, I'm going to give Rubinio a five. He didn't do anything that really stood out to me as great. Um, I thought he had a below average game. I would expect more from him. Oh, yeah, five. I don't think he... He just didn't really offer anything at all. All right, so Pedro Santos, who a lot of crew fans were just so giddy that he had such a bad game, which is very strange to me. But anyways, it is what it is. But I still give him a six, average um, it was his worst game of the season for sure, but he did have some really nice passes, and I feel like some of his um, potential scoring opportunities, like passes to Zardes, went wasted by Zardes, so yeah. I don't think it was totally his fault, but he did have a horrible free kick in the second half. I don't know if that was close to where you're sitting or not, but on TV it was just it was bad, so i give him a six. Yeah, I'll give him a six as well. I thought he just had an average game. Um, I, he is definitely doing a lot better this season than in the uh, past couple seasons, but... It, he didn't really get much help from his teammates during this game. I felt like um, everybody was just playing below average. Yeah, I give him a six as well. Um, I think again, yeah, it was probably his worst game of the year. Um, still in that game, I think I saw more from him than I did the other three attackers, which is how it's been for most of the year. Um, he's kind of the only one who really, you know, even like kind of tries to create anything like. Um, goes at defenders um i mean i think overall like our attack is just a mess um so i don't want to put it too much like on one person um but yeah i mean that game he wasn't that great but i still would give him a six just for kind of his hustle and trying that's a good point on that too because um i feel like he did too under burhalter last year but it looked like he was like trying out of desperation but now it looks like he's trying because he wants to play um, I guess the cynics would say, well, he wants to renew his contract, but I mean, I, I do think that um, his uh, Caleb Porter has improved him. Yeah, he definitely looks a much better fit kind of in this system. Um, 
Yeah, he just seems a lot more confident this year. I think he's better, like, in a pressing a lot offense. More. He he just looks a lot more comfortable this year than yeah. he did playing under Greg. Yeah, because Greg had the more rigid roles, and it feels like Porter has allows a certain level of creativity. But like, he's kind of within these ranges. Pedro yeah. to be the player that he is. Yeah. And I wonder if that's what's affecting Pipa, because um, he's just, oh, he's regressed this year. Oh. Oh, man. Uh, that game, I give a four. Uh, sorry, it hurts me to say that, but it's just a night. I wrote a night of bad passes and wasted shots. He also needs to stop taking corners. For the love, stop letting him take corners. It doesn't even ever clear the first man. It's like, I, don't, I just don't get it. I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think in Montreal, that was people's worst game. I gave him a four as well. Um, I didn't see anything positive from his play. I was actually very frustrated with him. Um, I, I remember a couple specific moments where he just made a ridiculous pass that went into open space, and we just lost the ball. And I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to put it all on him, but, I mean, he's the center man, the playmaker, and he didn't make any game-changing opportunities. Yeah, for I just... It was just another game of, like, same old, same old. Um yeah, it's it's really sad to see, and, like, I hate, like, it's, like, one of those, like, he's one of those players that, you know, he's been here so long and he's had so many good moments that it's harder to, you know, criticize him and look at him um, playing so poorly um, as it would be, you know, someone newer to the team or a younger player or whatever. Um, but, yeah, I just, he really, all he really does is kind of take up space, which can help at times, but, I mean, his passing creativity is just non-existent he doesn't really push the needle at all um yeah for hopefully it gets of, better i feel like bummer. too bad we didn't win mls cup in 2015 he could have retired on a high note yeah i feel like even with his creative passing uh quote unquote it's getting predictable yeah. like every time that he has a ball you know he's just gonna try to do the turnaround no look pass just, and everybody knows that he's gonna do that because he does it every yeah. single time he's on the ball oh he's running past the ball i bet she's gonna back pass it it's oh, just yeah he offers really no threat in open play i actually kind of disagree with the corners point um i think his corners are bad i also have seen a lot of other players on the team take corners and think they're really bad too and i mean he does have two assists off of corners this year I think it's one of those, it's like playing the lottery. It's going to be yeah. awful most of the time, but you're going to get an assist off. So, like, he is going to hit Saro's head or Metz's head, you know, a couple Eventually. times. Eventually. Yeah. Do you know if Santos has one or two assists off the corner? I Santos think he has, has at least one. one. He has one. Okay. Has two. All right, well, uh, yeah, that's, but that's still, a good point because we don't have... In an ideal yeah. world, we would get a better right. set-piece taker. I do agree. Yeah, that part is true. I shouldn't put it totally on But it, is, it does kind of goes to the point of it is kind of sad that... The best threat he does offer is something we don't even want him on. <laughs> right. That's true, yeah. A lot of times it's the whole, you know, you can't clear the first defender thing. That that just drives me nuts. But um, So I'm going to lump together the holding midfield. You guys can split it up if you want. But Trap and Archer, I just thought they got completely bossed this game. Um, one thing I did like as a takeaway, though, is I liked how physical they became. Um, almost like Chani... Chani-esque, um, where he would be a little more of the enforcer and let Trap kind of just do his thing. But I kind of did like that, even though it wasn't effective. I do think that Montreal's midfield, they controlled the midfield. Um, so I do still give them an average game, though. I give them a six. Um, I'm going to go straight across the board for both of them. I think both of them get a five. 
just below average performance. Yeah, I'll give them. I'll just go down the middle, five and a half um, for both. Um, I think like when you look at you know defense, midfield, attack, um, areas of concern. Obviously, the attack is the one that really sticks out. I think under normal circumstances, I think we would really be concerned and alarmed about the midfield. I Arthur and Will have both this year kind of really taken a step back, it seems to me. Like, I don't know, there were times in the past few years where I thought we have, like, one of the best midfield pairings in MLS. And this year, it's just a lot of giving the ball away, be it dribbling or with passes. A lot of out of position, a lot of not running back where it feels like I'm not I don't want to say they aren't hustling but it seems like okay like why aren't you in a full sprint you know yeah it seems like they're just going through the motions yeah um yeah I'm I'm a little bit concerned about our central midfield position which I'm sure we'll discuss later in either this pod or future pods about incomings but yeah yeah I don't have any like I guess soccer strategy knowledge but to me what it seems like when we had a good pairing, it was you had an enforcer like Chani, and then you had, you know, Trap, and they kind of worked well together. But it almost seems like they're both doing the same thing, and this may be totally far from true. So correct me if this makes no sense. But to me, it seems like they're both trying to do the same thing, but not really communicating and not really like like you're saying, not hustling, not doing well. Yeah, I would agree. It's like this year, yeah, and this I think year. it's more. Yeah. And so I don't really want to put it necessarily on them because I do think it is like if you go look at you know Porter's. Portland teams and compare them to Burhalter's crew teams. One of the biggest differences are how the central midfielders operate. Yeah. And so again, it could be new roles. It could be Porter needing to make tweaks to get them in more comfortable spots, or them just needing to get more comfortable in the spots he wants them in. But yeah, uh, five and a half. I thought they should do better. <laughs> yeah. So on the back four, uh, Francis Williams, Jimenez, Mensa. Nothing really stuck out to me other than we've been singing Jimenez's praises, but I thought he had. A horrible tons of bad passes and crossed the ball to nobody several times which that's old school crew like I even joked that when I go to friends watch different games and people cross the ball into box with no attacking players and they go up that's a crew cross um, but I just think across the board the defense I just gave them a five um, I, nobody stuck out as extra horrible or extra great well definitely not extra great but, <laughs> but not extra horrible uh, yeah for this one I feel like all of the defenders all four of them were poor um especially Jimenez not saying that he was worse or the worst of the four, but I think this was his worst game so far this season. Um, he, he got cooked on the sideline um, trying to get back to cover his uh, at- attacker that was on his side. Um, I think across the board, they all get a four or um, excuse me. They all get a five except for Josh. I would give Josh a four. I think he was the worst of the four in the back. Yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, picking out particular players um josh i thought again was not great um which not even counting the game we'll discuss later um which of course sorrow played but the two josh is just he he had the goal other than that i haven't really liked what i've seen from him this year um there's a goal in in the slip and slide too so it was just like a total fluke and for me like after that game, my first reaction was, yeah, it's pretty clear that Sorrow is the starter next to Mensa, um, which, again, that we'll discuss later. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Josh, I thought overall was not great. And then Jonathan overall, I mean, had an okay game, below standard, but was it was fine, okay. Except for but that one pass. The, the one pass 
the one giveaway was pretty bad and something we haven't really seen out of him since May, June of his first season. So. Yeah, and I would put that just as much on Williams as Yeah, he Mensa. shouldn't have been. Because why are we yeah. screwing around back there with just yeah. heading it to somebody two feet behind you? That I don't know. That was weird to me. I didn't yeah. like that. Overall, I'm not too concerned about the defense like I am farther up the field. I oh, still, yeah, definitely. Even with like the goals conceded in Montreal and then um, against Portland, I, I'm i not too concerned there. Like I feel like we have a, still have a solid defense. I, I know that we need um, probably to bring in somebody to replace Harrison down the line once because he is getting older and especially coming back from injury and stuff. But I still feel like... Uh, across the board, we have a pretty solid defense. I feel, yeah, I feel like it's a defense that c- can compete at the highest level, right. which we have question marks, obviously, higher up the field about that. Right, but I, our main focus is definitely got to be midfield and attack. We've got to get someone that can help us out and score goals. And this is not a new problem. That's no, the part no. that's yeah. kind of It's been the same problem that we've had since Burkhalter. Yeah, since so Greg well, started. Yeah. To no, it really just flipped. Because like, for like a few years there, it was we could you know score goals couldn't defend and then it just randomly just like we had no medium (laughs) there was no in between better than 2015 we didn't i feel like we didn't really have that massive scoring season um but but the difference is i think greg greg said that the system will bleed goals in order to score more goals but caleb was basically wants the strong defense and score but we need to have the ability to score because we can't just lose a game on one defensive lapse because yeah. nobody's perfect. It's especially in MLS where yeah. the players, are, I mean, are at a lower standard than, yeah. you know, in higher leagues. I mean, they're going to make mistakes. Yeah, It's just part of it, especially, you know, in a system where you're still trying to attack. It's not like it's not like we're playing a low block every game and conceding goals. I mean, it's, it's an open play and it's going to happen. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'm not concerned about the defense though yeah and then zach stefan which that that could be a concern talk about in the future when he disappears but um i don't think he was to blame at all for the goal and usually as usually he had some saves um i i would still say i don't like man of the match for losses and ties but um i gave him a i couldn't do i know we were trying to do give man of the match a 10 but i mean yeah you can't, that's only for goalkeeper a 10 for uh, but he still got the highest score for me. He he got an eight. Um, they had seven shots on, tar- excuse me, seven shots on target. So none of the saves were particularly hard. But at least he did have some work to do. Yeah, I'll just give him a seven. Just above average performance. Had some good stops, but still conceded the dumb goal. It wasn't on him or anything, but still couldn't get the points. Yeah, I thought it was a pretty average game, below average for Zach, but still fine. Not too, not too bad. Seven, seven and a half, whatever. All right, so let's talk about last night's game at Mafre against the Portland Timbers, who up to that point, had they won yet? At no. That point? No. They only had one point. Oh, man. And Speaking of bleeding goals. The only been... thing that I take as a Sunshine Brigade out of that game is we didn't lose two to one. That's like the only positive. To it's like going into like the 80th minute or whatever, I saw the scoreline two to one. Oh, uh, there's the classic scoreline. <laughs> I was really, really hoping Clark would start that game and, like, you know, know. intentionally, like, get an own goal or something like that, but it didn't happen. But uh, before we talk about the football, uh, the soccer, I do want to mention I am sick of these Parley jerseys. We've got the LAFC Seattle game on. Every single line pair up has had these god awful. I don't know. Either dark blue or light blue. I'm all for cleaning up the oceans and environmental uh, protection and whatever. 
but this is dumb. This we can, be dumb we can find some way yeah. to do a movement or, or something. Or at least make them like team specific colors. Yeah, even just... if it's just a different yellow jersey right. or something. Which is kind of what it was last year, but it... that was half of them had that. And kind at of... least that was just black or white, so it's like wasn't great, but yeah. still was fine. It's just this is yeah, yeah it's just awful. This just had like potential, but it yeah. yeah. And the goalkeepers, they don't have. You know, they still have dyes in their jersey, so the yeah, goalkeepers not care about the And if you're going to make teams or special uniforms, at least give them proper undergarments to match. Yes. Right. right. Oh, man. So, the, white, we, the white and black. So, unfortunately, it was plastic, horrible. and they missed the game last night. But on TV, the white, because they were wearing mock necks, it wasn't like a turtleneck, but it was That's it, it a new thing horrible. Too. Yeah. <laughs> and we didn't have the star above the badge, so. Oh, I didn't even, oh, yeah. Actually, I didn't think about that, because DC United today, too, no stars. And I didn't even think about that. But yeah, so I mean, the, I definitely care about the earth. I think it's important, but like, I don't understand. I think this is I just this is MLS saying, "Hey, look at us. We care. Yeah. We're doing something." But what about the rest of the year? Like, it feels it feel yeah, it does feel kind of BS. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like also, I, I know they have the MLS works and everything, yeah. but to an extent, this is just a money grab selling these jerseys yeah. and yeah. trying to get a little more extra attention. And what I don't know. Um, I know I'm not really superstitious, but I know a lot of people are mad that you're not, you know, teams aren't wearing team colors. But I don't know. I've never played sports at a professional level or even at an amateur level. Is there some weird psychology to that? Like, um, oh, I'm playing the, I'm playing with somebody wearing a totally weird color. I, I have no idea. Yeah, I don't think so. I mean, for me, I think it's just that they didn't execute them well at all. Yeah. Um, even the color, I think like the colors have potential. It just does not look great. On the field. Well, I actually, to be honest, I like, I, I like the colors. Yeah, that would be okay for like an alternative like, kit for the right. crew. But but like, I just don't like how every single lineup has been the same. Yeah. It's really really weird. Like even Sporting Kansas City, like who wears a similar color? They had to wear the other color. Like it makes no sense. It, yeah, the whole thing is just odd. But but anyways, um, the only other thing that I thought was interesting is so I've called Pedro Santos Sancho a lot on this podcast. <laughs> Uh, it's just a Have dumb joke based on his name, but I mean, like the fo, like the. I don't know. I just thought it was really, really weird that the front office actually tweeted like Sanch. Like I, to yeah. me, that that it, the joke dies. Like there's really no point to it anymore. So Honestly, I will do my best to continue to call him Santos yeah, now. That rustled me, to uh, to a certain extent. Like it's fine if you want to have that joke. That's cool. But the front office tweeting for the whole entire league to see the whole entire world everybody they don't get it either yeah, they're gonna see that and they're gonna be like who the heck is Sanch that was Pedro Santos and even other crew fans outside of the group of 25 people that listen to Aces Radio or whatever have no idea what that even means yeah that, that's the part that I think is pretty funny I'm one of those 25 people but uh, but that's the part I think is funny is the I mean nobody's gonna get it and so then that's the official crew twitter there was another tweet they added the portland goalkeeper with the are you okay i'm like why Thomas oh, crew yes yeah. oh, i wonder if they've given fans access to that i don't know or something like that. but it seems like hmm. someone has access to the account i mean overall i don't really care but i mean i just think it's dumb. it has been kind of suspect since, yes. since the takeover not saying that takeover. since the, not saying that you know pre-court did anything good but <laughs> <laughs> but I think, but yeah, um, I think yeah. Some of the tweets are a little like they're very cringe. They're very try hard. 
Yeah, but I feel like it's always been that way. And, it's and to be fair, really to be fair, they're probably paying an intern like next to nothing or nothing to run the social media. So that's you know we do acknowledge that that that's potentially yeah. true. But. I, just call the players by their name. That's that's basically all I'm getting at. His name is Pedro Santos. He's the best player. Best player on the team right best now. Best player on the team right yep. now. Hashtag never doubted. Always, always loved him. Always will. All right. So moving on to the lineups, we had um, your typical four two three one shocker. Um, again, Robinho oh. holds down his spot. Yes, sir. Portland had four defenders in their lineup, right? So they're probably playing four in the back. Oh, were they? Is I that is that hashtag making, analysis? There? Just making an assumption. <laughs> oh, okay. Interesting. Um, yeah. It was uh, when Portland tweeted out their starting lineup. It's just a list. So I mean, I don't really know. I don't really know how the players play. Well, you know, since there's four defenders, they're probably four in the back. Okay. Just if well, any. That's fair. Up until last night, they haven't really been defenders this year, but somehow our attack made them look like that. Yeah. Yeah, so um, Robinho holds down his spot in the attacking field. Jimenez, midfield. Jimenez uh, took awful spot again. Um, who's injured, by the way. And then Saro returns. He did. And unfortunately, we can get more on this later, but maybe this is why having a, quote, hot hand coach maybe isn't the best idea because uh, Mensa and Saro, who were probably the best pairing in the league, had did they were rusty. So we'll move on. We'll get to that in a little bit. But um, And then, unfortunately, Portland had left Clark on the bench. Uh, but I couldn't get over Cowards. how much added... Adan- I don't even know how to say his name. Adanella. Yeah, Adanella. He looks like Brad Stuver. Like every time I saw my team, like wait, I was I had to do a double take. Like wait a minute, Brad Stuver plays for Portland. I think all MLS. <laughs> like all. I the feel same. like yeah, unless you're like Zach Steffen or like Tim Melia. Like I feel like they all are just like produced in a factory and all look the exact Hamid. same. Bill Hamid. Like, I guess bes- Bill Hamid besides like the top ten keepers, I feel like they're all the same. Like they're, they're just all rotate. just like come off an assembly line and get spread out to the teams. Well, they used to have they used to have the pool goalkeepers. This, oh, yeah. That's before I followed it, followed it, oh. but I thought it was funny. So I guess the biggest story in this game is the lack of goals again. And just watching the first fifteen minutes, if we had just put one or two away, totally different game. But we yep. cannot score. It's just we had so many great chances. It's the same old story. Only this time the defense made a few blunders. Um, Santos would have scored in the first three minutes. Robinho was knocking on the door the whole game. Uh, Jazzy wasted a few chances, which is becoming like same old, same old. Then the inevitable happened in the 31st minute. Mabiala, don't know how to say his name either, scored uh, with Mensa and Saro just watching the ball. And Stefan had a little bit of a howler there. I mean, we're going to have to be honest about it. He could have done a lot better on that, um, on that, I guess, goal. And Valeri, unfortunately, gets an assist. So. Yeah, but I mean... Zach's human. He even said after the game, True. he stops that ball nine out of ten times. This just happened to be the one out of ten that goes in. So I mean, it, the first or was that the first goal or the second one? It was the first one. 30 yeah. First so one. I mean, it was bad coverage. Um, it it came from a set piece from a foul that shouldn't have been called, in my opinion. I don't think that was a foul, uh, but you can't really blame that for for the goal. Um, but yeah, like you were oh, saying, definitely not the way that goal happened. No, no, there's no way you can blame even ball position or any type of foul or anything on that. That, it, that was easily stoppable. Yeah, I just think um, we didn't do enough to clear the ball away, obviously. Um, but I don't put that goal on Zach, um, like a- as something his fault. Yeah. Um, one thing. Yeah, 
Um, I agree with um, Caleb Porter's halftime assessment. I had to watch on TV, unfortunately. Um, and uh, he said, like, you know, we probably were the better team in the first half, and then we just, you know, Portland kind of scored that first goal, and then they kind of lost their composure there for a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I thought, yeah, I thought we played good, except for we just didn't finish chances and didn't create as many, you know, clear-cut chances as I would like to see from us. But, yeah, I mean, there was just no one in the final third, really. You know, we just didn't have it. We we just lack a game-changer that, you know, we need to, you know, put that first goal away to kind of right. put us in a good spot. Yeah. That's why it wouldn't have mattered if we had scored one. Like, you can have a defensive lapse here and there, but, um, but we just we can't put them away, yeah. um, which is an issue. And just a few minutes later... Ebobisi, I'm probably not saying his name right either. Ebobisi. Ebobisi. Um, scored a perfect, you know, served, I'm sorry, Blanco served a perfect low cross. I mean, just, it was like picture perfect, but it was one of those, like, the way I play FIFA, like, you know it's coming. So somebody do something. Yeah, and he was somebody, sitting there alone. Yeah, like, I, I still don't know how that happened. Like, Jimmy, Mensa, and Sar were all just in no man's land just watching. And to add insult and injury... Later on, they added a second assist to Valeri. <laughs> so stupid. Enough of second assist. But yeah, our our whole back four, they were out of position a lot. They were behind the play, ball watching. Um, it was it was a bad performance from from all four of them. Yeah, I thought um, on that goal and a co- I mean there were a couple non goals as well, where particularly Sorrow and Waylon just really I mean they I don't know if they weren't communicating or what was going on but there were just a couple times where people just split right between them and were wide open with all the time in the world um just completely unmarked well they have a sour mental too and um yeah I don't know yeah we kind of that well the goal is 31 and 35 or 35 and 35 31 and 35 yeah they that stretch we just kind of fell apart and I mean, really, that can't happen. And again, you know, if you know, if anyone from the club's listening that is involved with uh, buying players, um, Pete, that's where I would. It would be really Pete. nice to just kind of have that player. That I mean, I know we're not going to get the like the biggest of big guys, but like a Timo Carlos Vela, Piatti type player who just kind of in that moment kind of takes the ball, takes control of the team, just you know puts a team on his back and makes makes a couple plays to get everyone yeah you know back and we just didn't have that like we just ever like the team just fell apart and no one kind of grabbed the game and said no we're not gonna do this yeah it just well, fell team apart. i heard is on the market so we should get him that'd be oh, awesome <laughs> i would he's worth that. more than our club <laughs> well you never know you gotta dream big then there was a reprieve reprieve in the second half in the 69th minute with a beautiful no offense to Pipa, but that was the best chip I've ever seen. Um, just looked up. <laughs> Disagree. I'm, there, just, trying to, I'm just trying to rustle with some feathers. <laughs> but he looked up, saw that the goalkeeper was way off his line, and boom. Beautiful goal. Yes. Beautiful. Super happy for Pedro to get that goal. Um, it, it was great being to, being able to experience it there at the stadium. I freaked out a little bit. Uh, didn't smash any heads. It wasn't that great, but it was still good. Um, but, yeah. Two goals for Pedro uh, within uh, when when was the last time he scored? Four was, weeks. Yeah, four weeks ago. So yeah, two goals from him already. We're seeing a great Pedro Santos that we haven't seen before. He's on par for eight goals. 
Which is exactly Which what is Caleb wants from him. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think um, it was kind of like a fluky goal because it was kind of just a bad play by Portland, their keeper in their defense. Um, but still, it was a good – it was a really good chip, you know, to get on target, as we saw earlier in the game which I don't think we mentioned, Higuain had kind of a similar opportunity that he put just wide. Yeah. Um, I disagree with the just wide, but what? it wasn't I don't that know. It was, uh, it was a score. It was certainly scorable is what I mean. I agree. It should um, have been a goal. Um, but, yeah, um, I think, again, it's good. Um, I, think it was, I think it was very deserved for Pedro. I think, like he has this whole season, he has been the closest thing we've had to kind of a – I don't even know. I, I don't want to say good attacker, but um, he's kind of been the closest thing we've had to like someone who is a threat at all. Like, yeah, and if we add on to that, yeah. And so realistically, I think you know you're in good shape if he's your fourth best of the four starting attackers. Right. With with well, Zardes as well, but um, yeah, I thought it was a deserved goal. I don't really know where I'm going with this, but yeah. I thought it was a deserved goal. Good chip. Pretty. Yeah, and I think uh, to talk about one of the things you said, you you said it was a fluke goal, and I know what you meant by it, but I think the yeah. fact is that the fact that we capitalized on it—that's yeah. what we're not—we're not capitalizing on those those flukes and those those things where we should score. Um, but unfortunately, it wasn't meant to be. And in the dying minutes, Marrera, um, <laughs> it's probably wrong too, scored again, dashing any chance of even getting a point right there in the in the extra time. But like I said, at least it wasn't. You know, at least it wasn't two 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 one. Yeah, I mean the last I, I don't know twenty twenty five minutes of the game, we were putting more pressure on them, trying to get the tying goal, it just didn't come. But I don't know, it, it was a bad performance overall. Uh, I know post game inter- or post game uh, interview with Caleb, he wasn't negative about this game. Which I mean, okay, if you want to have that mentality, but we're seeing a pattern here and. Other coaches are seeing the same pattern because uh, the Portland coach, I forget what his name is, he came from yeah, he came from the Cosmos or something. But um, he basically said, or I saw a quote from him that said basically like he knew what we were going to do because we do the same thing every time. And this is eerily like that first season Berhalter took over in 2014 or was it 13? We had nine points in our first four games, and then we went – 17 games um, with one win. Yeah. Because people figured us out. They figured out what we're doing. So Yeah, and that just goes back on the the point that we need some type of playmaker, like somebody that can change up the, the attack, the play, the whatever. We just have no game changer at the moment. That used to be Iguain. Definitely not this year. He's definitely he old? below average, below what we've seen from him in years past. Um. I say this lightly. I hope this is his last year, honestly, because I don't think if he keeps up with this team, or I don't think he can keep up with this team, better said, uh, going forward. Um, I I would love to see him stick around on the coaching staff, do something with the club, because I know that he loves being here. But I don't don't know. I'm just frustrated. I worry, too, about his legacy. Unfortunately, he hasn't won any silverware. But, like, if he sticks around much longer, he'll probably see the team have harder times. And then that'll yeah. taint what he's done the he's, last yeah, few years. He, yeah. He's going to see stuff like that, and then crew fans are going to start turning on him because it, if something starts going wrong because of one player, their whole career is wasted, as we've seen time after time. But, I mean, I, I just don't want that to happen to him. 
um, especially because he is the best player that we've had in club history. Um, but that was Ethan Finley. Thank you very much. <laughs> but yeah, I, I just think that we need some kind of change to get us going forward and to boost our attack, to boost our chances, and ultimately uh, capitalize on our chances and score goals. Yeah. So as far as the game, um, right after Pedro scored that chip. I did honestly think we were going to get something out of it because yeah. we did, you yep. know, we were really pushing that next 20, 25 minutes. And I, I thought we were going to get at least an equalizer, if not, you know, get the get a 3-2 win or something. Um, but, yeah, then that, that goal at the end, I mean, I'm not too bothered by it. I mean, it was basically the last kick of the game. And, I mean, we were just pretty open at the back. Um, I think Josh Whalen could have done better, but, I mean, it – it is what it is. When you're going for a game that late, you're going to have, you know, you're going to concede at the yeah. other end occasionally. As yeah. well. I, mean, I mean, Caleb waited until the 83rd minute to bring on Sosa, and then the 88th to bring on JJ. I mean, it's too late at that point. Yeah, like, they didn't have time to actually get in the rhythm of the game, especially JJ. I, I would have loved to seen him come on much earlier. Um, yeah, at least like the 80th At or least, something. right. Yeah, like, he's a big guy. He only, I think he took, or he was on the two set pieces or something, one corner and a free kick or something like that. But um, he just didn't have any any real opportunity to make a difference in the game, which is unfortunate because I really like him and I think that he's going to be a good player for us. Do we think Mira made any type of impact on the game? Because no. I, I thought he was completely invisible. He did have that one sweet thing where he kicked the bonk up the, yeah, in he play. Yeah, like two, two good passes that but, were... Yeah. I thought he was pretty much just as ineffective as I thought Rubinho was as well. Yeah, and I Rubinho, when he came off, he was he, ticked. Oh, yeah, oh, he was so there was a really good TV, view yeah. of that on TV, yep. and he just completely walked past Porter when he came yeah. off the field with his arms he pouted. up, I was turned watching. around, sat down, slammed his hands against the seats next to him. Yeah. But I, I was honest, like, I like I like to see that. Yeah, in players. yeah, I do too. Yeah, as long as it's as long as it's something not personal, that right. you, I think you are. I, I'm I want totally that passion. Okay with seeing as long that, as yeah. it's a healthy anger yeah. that doesn't carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, so, anywho, um, one thing I did want to point out since we mentioned TV and I had to watch it on TV, Twitter was full of, oh, the refereeing sucked, the refereeing sucked. Um, Pencil Pizza, I didn't think you did too bad. To be honest, I was watching on TV. Sometimes when you're live at a game, you want every single call to go your way. And so you get really mad when you don't see it and you only see it from one angle. But on TV, I didn't see anything that he did poorly. Uh, the only thing I could think of at the very beginning, he could have booked Blanco to kind of lower the tempo but the game didn't really get out of hand I mean he he did a lot of good game management where he'd talk to players and be like calm down calm down so I really didn't see one single play in my mind that could have been a game changer or something worth blaming the referees for yeah um, I was at the game I from Penso there wasn't anything memorable that I can remember that he did wrong um, the AR on our side which was the uh, what is that the west or east side yeah the east side east side yeah um, he was awful. He didn't make a call himself. He basically d- uh, relied on um, Chris Penso in the middle to, to point the direction that the ball needed to go every single time. I thought he was a disaster. So the female, the Catherine Nesbitt, she was on the other side then? She wasn't on the Nordic yeah, side? Yeah, uh, the female um, assistant, she was on the bench side. Okay, because I saw a lot of, it was interesting when you were saying that, I was like, well, um, she got a lot of abuse on Twitter. And I'm like, first of all, Many, many, since I sit on the east side, many, many of the ARs are about my body type and overweight and do not keep up with play and are middle-aged balding men. Like, she keeps up with play. So leave her alone. I'm glad to hear that the one that sucked was the guy. Yeah, he was awful. Oh, yeah, I didn't think there were... I've seen much 
worst yeah. refereeing in MLS. I didn't. I wouldn't say it's the best officiating yeah, game I've but seen. In terms but of like, I thought it was. The game, I yeah. thought it was like it, nothing stuck out at all as being you know egregious. Starting eleven. All right, so now we'll rank the players from the Portland game. I will start up top again with uh, Jazzy Zardes. I mean, he tried really hard. <laughs> um, he got some service. Actually, one thing, whether this is his play or the other attacker's play, but he did actually get some balls to him this game. But I still give him a six. Average game from Jazzy Zardes. Uh, I, I wasn't impressed with anything. I'm going to give him a five below average performance from Jazzy. Yeah. I'm going to give him a five as well. Um, I think really the last two games have been kind of two of his most lackluster games since he's been with us. Um, There was one good play that I remember. Um, It was Pedro running down the west side, which is the bench side. He took the ball into the box and uh, tried to pass it in upward uh, to the top of the box expecting Jesse to be there, but he was far into the box and just completely wasted the opportunity. The ball went to nobody. There was nobody, not even a defender around in the area. Well, that's a chicken and egg question to have. Who's, is it just a team thing? Is it the attackers aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing? Is it Jazzy's not wearing he's supposed to be? Like, who's, whose issue is that? I honestly think the whole team has been out of sync the past couple games. Yeah, um, the one thing I will say about... Um, Zardes is I thought his hold up play actually looked pretty good um, this game which that's something we've seen from him a lot more this year mm-hmm. that Porter's required from him um, and I thought it looked better than it has in previous weeks so I mean hopefully you know once he's laying it off to more talented players it'll right. kind of seem a lot better than it actually than it or it'll look a lot better than it does right now um, but yeah I'm not overall I'm not too concerned about him I still think once you kind of get the right players and the system gets more fluid around him, I think he'll continue scoring goals like he has since we've had him. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of bad performance. The only thing I worry about is we're, what, eight games in now? So I feel like yeah. the time for, you know, the, what do you call them, growing pains or whatever, or, or learning the system, I think I think we're starting to run away from that time. Yeah, yeah I mean, we're eight games in. He has three goals. Um, That's true, does, but does they're all the beginning. Assists? That's true. I'm not I don't sure. think he has any assists. Anyway, no, he, I don't think so. eight games, three goals. I don't. Which know. on paper that does look pretty good, but they were all way at the beginning of the season. Yeah, he had a brace uh-huh. against the Rebs in the second week, and then just one goal uh, a couple weeks later. But I mean, in an ideal world, that'd probably be more like five and eight. Right. But, um, Freaking Vela has. <laughs> I mean, he can. Well, that's yeah, that's a different class. But um, yeah, I think I'm not too worried about him as our starting striker going forward. I guess is what I'll say. But yeah, um, yeah as far as the team, I think. I'd still give him a few more weeks, and then as far as, I think it, we even might not see the best of it, and you know until August, September, when hopefully we do make some additions in the summer window, right? Because I, I do think Porter will. I mean, I know we have like another week or two that we can still technically add players, but I mean, no, obviously we're not going to get anyone from a league that is going on right now anywhere right. else in the world, so there's not really many options, and I do think Porter does want to give this group of players time before, you know, he starts showing people the door or gives yeah. them less playing time. I mean, that's what we even said coming into the season, yeah. like, this is going to be a test uh, test and trial season, really can't take too much away from what we see, especially the first several weeks of this season, um, but still, I mean, I, I still want to be competitive, I still want to put out good performances and stuff, but 
I mean, this was expected. I just hate it. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, and as for Robinho, he, he's one of those players, again, that I think that he's at least elevated every game. Well, with the Montreal exception. Yeah, Montreal. Um, I was really surprised to see him subbed off this game um, yeah, and the passion. As but he I do was. Give him, yeah, I do give, I give him a seven. That might be really generous on the scoreline, but you know, I think he deserved more than 60 minutes. I like the passion. I like the effort. Yeah, I liked him in this game. Um, I was baffled when he was brought off. I didn't understand the reason why, especially for Miram, who didn't really offer anything extra. But um, for Robinho, I just gave him a six. I thought he had an average performance. Yeah, I'll give him a five. Honestly, I didn't think he was that good at all. I thought he was pretty ineffective, didn't really offer much at all. Um, just, Just no threat at all. And I think with... I mean, that's kind of the problem we're having is Higuain isn't really offering much threat. Rubinho, Miram, whoever's in. Aside from a week or two of Rubinho, I don't think they've really offered much threat at all. Zardes doesn't really offer a threat at all. Um, as far as, you know, making plays, he's more of just a finisher. Um, and so, I mean, Pedro is our really on, like the only like hint of a threat we've had. Uh, so, yeah, Rubinho 5, I think. I th- I honestly thought the sub was correct at the time. Oh. Uh, Santos, I can't just can't call him Sanchez anymore. Um, Don't do it. I thought his goal was fantastic, and I think he does one of the best games of the season. And but he is by far the best player of the game. Again, not worthy of a ten, but right. um, he gets an eight from me. Yeah, I'm gonna give him an eight and a half. I thought um, he he was great. I got the goal. Um, wasn't game-winning or anything, but still um, good for him to get the goal. I, I thought he had a good game. Yeah, I'm going to give him a 7. Um, I, th- I do think he was the best player we had on the day. Um, I just think I think he's looked really I think he's looked really good this year, although, again, I think it also is in comparison to everyone else. Yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. So, yeah, I'll give him a 7. I thought the goal was really nice, and I thought he offered you know a couple other moments where you know we kind of threatened for a goal um i th- i also i do really like his like off ball work defensively and um also kind of his creativity on ball for others um again as of right now i do think he is someone that you know if you put two more high caliber attackers with him and then maybe zardas i think it could look really good yeah what um, do you think of his diving um I didn't see any diving yesterday. Yeah, this game there was one. I, there was one, yeah, but, there was one that but, I was kind of like, yeah. yeah, whatever. But I think, I mean, but overall, the it's overall not the way that the Twitter crew fans yeah, yeah, with make it sound. Crew fans is him as a diver. I think is kind of weird. All right, so Pippa, for all the stuff we've already talked about, I give him a five. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a five as well. Yeah, I'll give him a five. I actually thought, I mean, if we're being honest, like this is probably one of his. Better games. Of it the was year, better which than Montreal, kind of, yeah. which was kind of disappointing because I I caught myself thinking, "Wow, he's like looks kind of decent." And I was like, "Wait, but this still isn't it's that still good, not, right?" It's still he not had, not he had a lot of really accurate passes, which is great, but he also had a lot of passes that just went completely nowhere. Um, I I expect a lot more from him, but yeah, he did have a, a couple more moments this game as opposed to the last couple of weeks where. He has improved his game to an extent, yeah. but still not good enough. I do think that I think it was towards the end of the game. Um, it was kind of a long ball with Zardes up top, where Portland headed it down, and he got like a volley from the top of the box. Yeah, and it was in the second half. I can't remember what minute, 
Um, it kind of did, it did like go off of his shin, so it was kind of a poor hit, but I still like in that position, you know, I believe it was either a two on two or maybe a two on three, but still with the opening he had, I feel like, you know, it could have done better, but I mean, overall, yeah, five, yeah, move on, hope for better. Just, uh, something to note that specific type of play, um, like chipping the ball over the defenders, trying to put it down right in front of Jossie. We tried that so many times yesterday and over the past couple of games, and it's just not working. Like, I, I don't know. I just think it's a wasted opportunity and a waste, wasted chance. Uh, keep trying to do that when it's clearly not going to work. All right. Well, we haven't talked much about Trap in this game, but um, we've already kind of talked about his potential regression, but I didn't see think he was at fault for the goals, and I didn't see anything that made me really happy or tick, so I just gave him a straight-up average six. Yeah, I mean, uh, I'll give him a five and a half, I guess. I thought it was a little below average from him, um, but still nothing too terrible. Yeah, I'll give him a six. Um, not horrible, not great. Um, a few giveaways that I didn't really like, but um, none that led to any of the goals. Um, yeah, I have my concerns, but six. Yeah, I feel the same way about um, Fran- uh, Artur, too. Same thing, average. Yeah, I, I think both uh, both of them are pretty comparable this year, um, game after game. I'll give Artur six. I think he was just a little bit better than tra- or than uh, Trap was. Yeah, so for me, Artur, especially last year, I honestly would have him as our best field player last year. This year he hasn't quite been up to that standard, and I mean, to the standard that I do hold him to, I thought he was really bad yesterday. Um at least in the first half, he had like, I think he had like four or five giveaways just in the first 20 minutes alone. He just really was kind of passing with no purpose. He was just kind of kicking the ball. Like it was, it was really weird. It, there were just a couple times where it was like, I, I didn't really know what he was doing. He just kind of wanted to get rid of the ball. Yeah. And it just, we just went straight to Portland. Um, yeah. Overall, I thought it was just a pretty poor performance from him. Um, I don't know. Four and a half, five. All right. And so that's actually how I felt about Francis, too. It seemed like, again, it's much harder to watch the game on TV, especially how much our wing backs go back and forth. But it just seemed like, at least on TV to me, Francis never really seemed to be where he needed to be. Um, so I gave him a five for this game. I was really high on him at the beginning of the season, but I, I, maybe I've started to turn because he's had so much criticism. But, but that's kind of felt about this game. Yeah, I mean, I, I, he didn't offer anything that anything in the attack, and I thought he was poor on various occasions in the defense. Um, I really miss Milton. Yeah, um, <laughs> I was when you when Cam was talking about Artur, I thought I wonder how we would feel if Milton was playing this year. Like if yeah. if we would see the same type of drop off or like what? If we had a fully healthy lineup with Milton uh, Harry at his full potential, because even when he was playing, he wasn't that great. But I mean, we do have quality players. If we could just get them all on the same page and all healthy, I wonder what this team would look like. But anyway, um, that's a different conversation. But uh, for Whalen, I'll give him a five for this game. Yeah, I think it's kind of hard for Whalen because he is kind of replacing, similar to when you know we have Bendick or Kempin last year coming in for Zach when he was on national team duty. It's not that Whalen is bad. It's just you're used to such a high level from Milton, the guy who's. Yeah in there all, all of last year and um yeah he's been kind of poor um 
for the most part. He hasn't really offered much in attack like he did in 2015. Um, and his defense overall has been pretty average. And then yesterday, I thought he was just atrocious defensively, 4.5. Speaking of atrocious defensively, um, I hate to do this to your boy, uh, but Sarah was r- truly horrible. Um, he and Mensa were at fault for at least a two of the goals. Just poor communication between the two. It, I don't know if it was because he, Porter replaced him for a few days. He made very weird challenges. I always say he's a millisecond away from a red card, and to be honest, the challenges were not were not all very clean this game, so I'm giving him a four. Yeah, I mean, even watching him in warm-ups, it looks like something was off. Um, like watching their pass routine that they do, um, just like, long passes, short uh, one-touch passes. It, he had a couple that just went way off, and I don't know. I don't know if something's going on, but uh, he, he was he was bad yesterday. I would give him a um, four and a half. Four and a half. You guys covered it. <laughs> and so to his partner, Mensa, I actually give Mensa a little bit more. I feel like he was the same, but he actually took some shots, which I thought were pretty cool. He must scored um, once or twice in this game. He did game. score, but it was offside. Or yeah, handball. Handball. Or which, by the way, I forgot to mention that in the referee thing. Um, when you watch it on TV, the whistle went a full second before the ball went in the net. So, I mean, that wasn't like a weird yeah. pro whatever call. That was actually like a legit call. Yeah, everybody's still freaked out, but I was just standing there like I saw the yeah. uh, AR with their flag. Isn't that sad as crew fans were, were primed to check the flag? <laughs> yeah. We're like, we don't even celebrate until we see the flag <laughs> right. not go up. Or wait till you know, VAR. <laughs> yeah, that's right. true. Actually, um, a couple games ago, uh, I think it was one of the earlier games, the smoke went off behind the yeah, goal while the flag was, was up. I think that <laughs> was in the first game. <laughs> but yes, I gave Mensa a five. I gave him an extra point, but still not great. Uh, yeah, I'll give him a 4.5 as well. I don't think he was much worse than Sorrow. I think they were both pretty awful yesterday. Five. Um, I think defensively, pro- that actually probably was his worst defensive game since um, kind of the first, about three to four months of his first of his first season with us. Um, I think overall I'd expect him to be kind of back to normal soon. Um, but yeah, I'll give him an extra half because he was a threat on set pieces for I think one to two. He could have like was close to scoring goal. There was one that was a good save, and then the other one, of course, was the handball. Yeah, and Saro did have a couple headers on set pieces also, but it just went wide. Yeah, not in goal. So no <laughs> extra point for Saro. Nice try. No. Um, heck. <laughs> Jimmy, Hector Jimenez, um, he also seemed to me to give the ball away a lot. Um, so I didn't really – I was really impressed when he first um, broke in for awful, but I, I have not been impressed the last couple of games. He gets a five. Yeah, I think he's comparable to the rest of the defense. Um, he didn't really do much um, offensively and defensively. I think he was broken down easily by the Portland attack. Um, so five as well for him. Yeah, five. I think – Overall, our right side was a little bit better than the left side of Sorrow and White Line. So, yeah, just slightly better. Five. All right. Finally, Zach Stefan and Newsflash again. This isn't like we need to get rid of him, which I know some people on Twitter don't realize that he is going to Man City um, or somewhere to unloan. But, anyways, he is leaving. But I don't hate him. He's going but to he's Man City a, as a layover right. to his next destination. But he's a human being. Hey, it's worked for many. And he's not a meta. He's not a metahuman. So I have to give him a five this game. It hurts me to do it, but he was really bad on a couple goals. Yeah, I'm giving Zach a five as well. I think this is the worst game from him that we've seen for a while, which, again, 
just to reiterate, nothing alarming. He's still the best goalkeeper in the league and the best option for U.S. men's national team, but he just had an off night. Yeah, the cool part about Zach, though, is I think he'll use this as fuel. Like, it won't ruin his, his – like, I think Clark's confidence got ruined. I know it was a bigger game, but I think this will give him fuel. To, <laughs> just a little bit. Yeah, yeah. this will give him fuel to be better. I mean, it's funny, though, because my dad last night was like, hey, is the crew goalie any good? I'm like, uh, usually he's, like, the best in the country. <laughs> Yeah, five. Um, yeah, I, I think that I think with Zach, I think we're kind of at a point where that just wasn't him. Like it, he's had so many, like so many good games for us. I mean, yeah. he's been borderline perfect for the last two yeah. years. Aside, like he's really had one or two good, like one or two bad games, including that one. Um, so yeah, I mean, he'll be better. Obviously, like, I feel like if we, I, even if we average in these scores, he still has like a nine point yeah. five yeah. on the season. I mean, yeah, like player, yeah, players don't deserve passes for really any reason. But if we're gonna give them one, I think I mean that game's an yeah. easy write off. Yeah. Like he's better, he knows it, we know it. Hydration break, crew in the news. Yeah, so I know we've already been yakking for an hour here, but um, I did want to, there was a lot of crew players on loan, so I did want to just chat briefly about it, even for a couple minutes. Um, in the 11, our boy Cronali, um, he beat, they beat Swope Park Rangers 3-1 to on Monday. Um, Cronali started, and he got booked, but hey, you know, they only conceded one goal. And then on Saturday, yesterday, they played uh, Bethlehem Steel, and they got the shutout 3 to nothing. Um, and one thing that was interesting is uh, they... Indy 11 played a back back three, and he played centrally. So I thought that was pretty cool. Um, I love ESPN Plus. The fact that you can actually watch USL games is pretty sweet. So um, if you're into watching bad soccer, <laughs> yeah, but it's soccer. Um, to be honest, even the like Southampton yesterday was horrible, and you know zero zero, and like what was the other game? Was, I mean, Southampton wasn't zero zero, but we watched the zero zero Premier League game. I'm like, this is really boring soccer. Um, and then Opoku started on the bench for Birmingham Legion twice. I was subbed on late, 87th minute, um, and then the 62nd minute in the second game they played. Uh, but J.J. Williams got himself a brace in the game he played last week. Um, the best part is they call him Jerome Williams. Well, oh. I mean, that's what one of the J's stand for. <laughs> yeah, I know, but it's weird that... I'm not weird. I don't mean it is weird, but it's interesting. Yeah, and He I, goes I by think, J.J. with us and Jerome there. Because Jerome and Josh aren't the same. I always wondered if maybe one of his names was Josh or something. But. Yeah, and he has Jay Williams on his jersey, which is like, yeah. There's he's we still have another Jay Williams. Are you J. sure Williams. it's not J.J.? No, it's just one J. Oh, I'm not, I have to pay attention. I the thought it was The one time JJ. I saw him, it was one J. Oh. But, um, yeah, I think it's great that he's getting minutes and goals with Birmingham. Um, if he can't keep getting minutes with the crew, I would say definitely right. keep loaning him out so that he can keep getting more minutes and playing time and rack up some more USL goals. And obviously he was back with us yeah. so, um, yesterday. And then Longard started for the Pittsburgh River, River Hounds and um, won both of the games, and one was a shout-out with 0-0. Kaida, um, what was the team he was loaned to? I can't remember. But Richmond he's, Kickers. Yeah, he's with Richmond. He's... Um, he's, he's still in Columbus yeah, recovering from moment. hamstring. But, now, um, one note on Eddie. I did see the game he subbed on in the 87th. He immediately got the ball, gave it away, and then got a pretty bad yellow card. <laughs> okay, Jeez. I actually um, didn't watch that one, but I saw that in the stats. Subbed on 87th, the yellow card 87th. Yeah. So I figured it was something like that. As he came on, the I play just went saw, by or Yeah, something. one of their writers was like, like was kind of ragging on him. But um, 
<laughs> yeah, but then JJ, pretty much the complete opposite. They all love him. Um, that's good. Yeah, he came off the bench and scored. And a that's kind of like them. a hometown hero thing because he's from Alabama. I don't um, know if he's from I, yeah. Birmingham, but I know that he's um, from Alabama. I know the quality's lesser for USL and for college, but I do think that that you know getting that hit of a goal in the back of the net. I think once yeah. he gets one, even in MLS, I think he's got to be on fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that, that's why I wanted to see him earlier in the yeah. game yesterday, just because, I mean, he had that fire from USL these, or the past game. And I, I don't know, he seems like he's really confident and has a lot of self-motivation, which is good, especially for a striker. Yeah, so it's really weird that last weekend, Kempen, Argudo, and Williams went on loan, quote, for the weekend, which I've never heard of weekend loans, but apparently that's what we did. Um, but Argudo did play two games with the Hartford Athletic. I think they really suck. I don't know if it's really his fault, but um, they were just not good. They uh, was three, what was it, three nothing? Three one. It was 3-1. The first one was 3 none, and then it was 4 nothing. the second game they played against um, the reserve did, RBNY2. Did Kempen play both Kempen can play both, the, and he conceded a PK, but I don't care because he blocked me on Twitter, so I couldn't like at him or anything. In the first game, he did have a really nice assist. It was a nice overall goal. He just kicked it deep. Yeah, Someone chested it down and just turned and volleyed it from, like, I don't even know. It was close to midfield. Yeah. But it was did they get funny. credit him with assist? Yes, he did. But um, I mean... And then Argudo played that game as a number six, I which I thought yeah. was very interesting. Did you actually watch it, or did you just see I the stats? I just saw that he played in that position. Okay, because okay, that that's and Trapp's he position, wore right? the number six jersey right, too. Yeah. Um, but um, well, that's yeah. why I asked because I saw on the lineup that he was wearing six, but I didn't know if he played the six position. One of their one of their um, I don't, I think it was like their club writer or whatever, or I don't know who it was. It was someone who was watching the game Harvard and said. Compared him to Iniesta, which I thought was just really Ooh. like, was just like, that's like, you know, a little. Guys, you know. jump on this train. Jump yeah. on their good uh, train yeah. right now. I was like, well, the I Columbus mean, Iniesta. He was just like, he's the most talented player that I've seen playing for this club, which again, based on the results, <laughs> probably yeah. isn't that high of a standard. Yeah. And I mean, taking a guy who, you know, did get MLS minutes last year and putting him down there is, you know. Yeah, that's rough. But still, I mean, it is, you know, it's, it's good that we're having guys getting minutes because we have had previous times where players have gone on loan to usl and haven't even like played they're just right. on the bench back and forth teams aren't really motivated to play them I mean, it is nice to seeing for whatever reason teams taking our players and using them <laughs> right and yeah I it's think, good that he's getting playing time what does that say yeah. about kempen like having seven usl goals scored on you i don't know i didn't uh, but again i didn't yeah. watch any of these games so i don't know how don't bad these defenders were because he could be playing it's <laughs> the worst defense in usl which is but still bad. like seven usl goals in two games that's hey that's not good what happened I mean, to get me blocked i'll say it again ketterer is better that's it that's whoa, all it took for me whoa, to get blocked whoa, whoa, whoa. so ketterer is yeah. trash in usl i have watched ketterer a couple times and uh not great. Yeah, Kemba's not great either. But that's right. Moving on. We have, we have Joe ben, Bendix. That doesn't matter. Yeah. Oh, I love Bendix. He's awesome. He does, you know. He does belly flops. Listener questions at halftime. Well, we did actually have one question, but I think we already touched on it. But um, it was from, oh, my phone unlocked, from Nathan Townsend at O-Line 63. Um, he said, everyone keeps talking about a big name acquisition this year, which players slash positions do you think the crew should target? I think the positions is obvious. Um, I don't even know if we'd even discuss it, but we need not only do we need attackers, but we also need a you know world class goalkeeper. Um, but as far as names, I honestly I, I hate MLS rumors. I know what does Finley always tweet? He's like hashtag crazy season or something like that. But rumor season. But it's like 
I can't stand it until something's official or Taylor Twelman tweets it. So yeah. Um, as far as a, qu- a quick breakdown, um, I think most likely as far as goalkeeper, when Zach leaves, I would honestly just expect Bendik to probably start, and then yeah. Kempen to come in as the backup. And I would imagine we would probably keep that for the rest of the season, and then maybe depending on how it goes, acquire a starter in the off season. Just because I think we're gonna have more pressing needs in the summer to then. I think we'll give Bendik a chance and Kempen a chance before we, you know, make that signing. Um, center back, I think we're fine. I mean, despite some of the poor play, I think we're fine there. We have options. Left back, I think, again, I think you don't really bring anyone in because the ex- expectation is that Milton is back and you already have Waylon. I think at right back, I do think we could use a player coming in for Harry, but that yeah. we that might not be until, you know, another year down the line and maybe when Harry actually does leave. Yeah, that might not even be bringing, like next summer. Yeah, window. like bringing in, yeah. Right, yeah, I don't know. So that, again, I don't think will be this summer. I think that'll just be down the road. We do right back is kind of, of the back line and goalkeeper is probably one of the most pressing needs. Um, I think the, kind of the biggest needs beside, like besides attack, I think just depends on Arthur and Will and how, they really do look over the next couple of months. And if Will leaves as, or not. And <laughs> not. That, that potential. But, I, I mean, I mean it's hey, been you talked never about. know. Even, it's been talked about since I've been a crew fan. Even so. Arthur, there was, there was an MLS writer who said on a podcast a couple of weeks ago that he thinks Arthur is one of the next guys that will leave the league for a fee. Um, maybe still another year or two down the line. But, I mean, he is a guy who won't be with Columbus forever. Um I do think that is a position where Caleb could bring in a player that he likes that fits his system more, kind of like a Chara. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then I think the main thing is we need, we need, if not two attackers, maybe three attackers, but at least one. <laughs> we at least I think need one high level, like top of the line, club record salary, and even maybe even transfer fee, depending on the type of player it is. As far as names, I don't think you can really give names because. The names the average fan have heard of, we're not going to be in the market yeah. for. It's going to be yeah. someone that, you know, maybe we've heard of or are aware of, but I mean, it's not going to be. We're we're not going to, you know, bring in, you know, Javi, <laughs> Team even, though, yeah. even though that would, would have been a few years ago. But, Basically, we're not going to get any kind of player that's going to be a seat or a seat seller. Yeah, we'll get yeah. some guy, you know, from the Argentine league or Brazilian league or the Portuguese league, Dutch Pete. league, whatever. Yeah. Pete. I've already brought myself. Give me a call. I've already tempered myself to be disappointed in the summer because I think we should make big moves in the but summer, but it probably won't happen. Realistically, until I think we need a high level. It doesn't even have to be you know specifically a ten. Just someone who can play on the left as a ten, on the right, just someone who can come in and someone from no matter where they are on the field is a threat and can get yeah. goals and get assists. Because, I mean. There's obviously more players do than, you know, just score goals and get assists, but crew are crew are really lacking in the department of, you know, just the last few years we were well below league average as far as, you know, who our highest contributor is, who our second highest contributor is, who our third highest contributor is. It's just we're just bottom of the line in the attack world. So yeah, I mean, I would just say a number I would just say, you know, an attacking mid, a someone in the mold of a Carlos Vea, Ignacio Piatti. Again, are we going to get someone that good? Probably not. But someone that's that kind of you know versatile attacker that can just threaten from whatever spot we put them in. 
Yeah, and I mean, just looking at our roster, we do have the three DPs that can be bought down, yeah, which would open up tons of space and a lot of opportunities, which I hope our club takes yeah. advantage of and actually uses those spots. I think a lot of people get paralyzed. It's probably an extreme word, but kind of get paralyzed by the DP tag. Yeah, Crew are one of, I believe, two teams in the league that do not have a single true DP. We have Higuain at about, what, 1.1? Yeah. We have who? Uh, Pipa, Higuain, whatever. whatever. Higuain. Higuain, whatever. <laughs> At least he didn't say Frederico. Frederico. I mean, one. I mean, the only true DPs are players that make over 1.5 million a year. Higuain's our highest earner at 1.1. Yeah, and I think and then Pedro's, Pedro's like, at 600K, I don't know if that's a good, which is... I don't know if that's a good metric, because what if Pete's like, you know, we're going to pay people, we're going to pay you up 1.5 million that doesn't make him in my opinion it doesn't make him a true dp either but no but it gives us flexibility as far as we could if we want to if we if we have the like money to put forward we can bring in three dp level players this summer like because milton pedro i mean like if you look at teams around the league like our dps are typically like the fifth or sixth best players on most other teams. Yeah. We just have very average DPs. Like, like Pedro is typically for most teams is a Tam Gam player. Right. Same with I mean Jonathan is a Tam Gam player for us, but he was a DP. But I mean like we just don't like we just need I don't know. I just hope that we have the money to bring in players to where we can, you know, buy down and have players like Pedro and Milton as Tam Gam level players instead of DP level players. Yeah, like if we can and just then bring have... in higher quality to fill in those three spots. Yeah, and like you said earlier, if we can just have Pedro be like the fourth best attacker that we have and yeah. have quality we, everywhere else, we've really <laughs> gone on. Like we've really gone on on this a lot. Like, yeah. but hey, if anyone wasn't sure, we're desperate for attackers. <laughs> Someone yeah, score goals. That's the depth of my analysis. We need Tony to score yeah, goals. Anything. Timo Werner. Let's bring him on. Jesus. Gosh. Or maybe um, Welsh. Maybe Messi or something. Gervinho. I mean, I don't, care. I don't care who comes. I just want somebody that can score goals. Anyone. Agreed. Agreed. Well, don't forget to use the hashtag AskP4C. Um, that, I feel like, is going to be a recurring topic like that will be continuing to be more in-depth um, when we're not already so over time. But we will move on to... Final Whistle. Yeah, so instead of going in-depth, I see that Dakota doesn't have notes today. Usually has notes on stats and things, and we're already kind of over, so... Um, none of us got any points for our score prediction, so I think we just move into the DC game. I'm actually really disappointed I might not be able to go to the DC game because of work stuff. And I was actually looking forward to it, not for Wayne Rooney, I don't care, but I actually like Paul Ariola. And I don't mind watching DC play. I know that they were like our big rivals at the beginning of MLS, but um, I thought it'd be a really good matchup. But then MLS, MLS has, we lost the last two games. DC lost today to New York City FC, 2 to nothing, Which was New York City's first win. So I don't know what's going to happen. Um, I originally thought, oh, this is going to be either a high-scoring game or just a very good matchup, but but I have no idea what's going to happen. What do you guys think? I'm not confident at all, honestly. Yeah, uh, I would say 2-0, 3-0, to DC. I just think... Which one of those? Uh, <laughs> I'll say 2 nothing. I just think they just have too much quality with Rooney, Acosta, Rodriguez, Ariola. They're just, I mean... They just are more talented than us, and yeah. I think that, for me personally, I think they're the best team in the East this year. 
Yeah, and I mean, going back that they lost today against New York City, I think that's just going to wake them up even more to have that extra motivation to get something out of this game. For sure. And what would your score prediction be, Dakota? Uh, 2-1 loss. Oh, okay. So here's where it's really weird for me because even though the last two games were a loss, I actually feel the same way about the crew. I think they're embarrassed about the way they played at home last night, and I think they're going to be the ones who go out Wednesday and eke out a 2-1 win. So this is pretty fun that we've all completely came up with something different. And actually, that's what I wrote down. I typed it. So just proof that I didn't do this <laughs> just to be goofy. Um, so then the Houston game. I really don't think we're going to get anything out of that game. It's going to be a 0-0 boring draw because we are not good in Houston. The temperature is horrible. From what people I've heard that that stadium there is basically like a heat vortex that's just it gets 100 degrees in there. I think it's going to be a horrible soccer game, and I think it's going to be a 0-0 draw or a loss, but I'm going to go 0-0 draw. Uh, yeah, for Houston, I mean, looking at our next five games, we have D.C. at home on Wednesday, Houston on Saturday, uh, D.C. the following week. Galaxy on a Wednesday, and then LAFC. For these next five games, I'm honestly terrified of what's going to happen. I think we're going to drop a lot of points and go down on the table. LAFC or LA Galaxy? Both. Both. We have Galaxy oh, on Wednesday, a Wednesday, Saturday. and then... Yeah, LAFC is uh, going to annihilate us. I don't, yeah, even, honestly, I don't even know if I want to talk about that. That's going to be the worst game of the season for us. Um, That'll be like the 5-0 Toronto from a couple years <laughs> yeah. ago. Oh, man. But yeah, from these next five games, I, I would... I don't even know what to expect. I'm. I would be happy, I guess, with maybe five points, but I don't even know if we can get that because our our attack just isn't clicking, and these are the best teams in the league right now. So, uh, anyway, but just looking at Houston, I think that's a, another loss. Uh, I'll just go two nil. Yeah, I'm gonna go three nil Houston. I think that's the one where I think I I do kind of agree with Todd. I think it'll be a very the heat will just suck the life out of that game. Yeah, It's and always a just, bad game when we're in Houston. It'll just be a really sloppy, really poor game. And then I think at the end, they'll just put in three in the last 50, 10, 15 minutes. Like, I just think it'll be one of those where we just kind of hit a wall at some point and then they'll just kind of annihilate us. But, I, yeah, I think it's just I, I have no confidence for that one either. I feel like we just had a pretty easy stretch to start the season, which is great. I mean, we we get early points, but now we're getting to the middle of the season, you know. And this is always when we're tested the most. I, I feel like the past couple of seasons, we've always had that summer slump. Um, but our, I think this is the time where we are going to have that slump. And yeah. the, these next games are they're not going to be pretty in my mind. I think kind of, yeah. yeah. I think kind of the hope is just that, again, like... As long as we're, you know, clicking by the end of the year, yeah. I think we'll we'll still get in the playoffs, and then hopefully that's where, you know, hopefully, like, we can have some confidence then. But, yeah, I think I, I agree with Dakota. I think I don't this next stretch, I don't think we'll get much from it. I think it'll be pretty ugly, but at the same time, I'm not sure that it matters that much. My main goal for the remainder of the season is, one, beat Cincinnati in both games and to By stay, large margins. stay above them in the table. That's it. Yeah, And, and not get real. And I want, yeah, I, say, I want to stay up. That's what I was going to say. I want to stay up. So stay up in the league. Um, and that does bring me so two little final things to talk about here. Extra time. Um, you brought up one of the points uh, j- just as a joke. You beat me to the joke but the promotion relegation. MLS to nobody's surprise announced this week that they're expanding to 30 teams. I think I think they're getting a little bit 
it's getting a little bit annoying um, because we don't even play Eastern Conference teams three times anymore. Sometimes we, in a 30 game, we might not even play every team once. Yeah. Um, it's totally diluting, no disrespect to American soccer players, but it's totally diluting the, the talent pool and it's separating the haves from the have-nots. So you've got the haves, like the LAFCs, that are spending tons of money. Um, you've got teams that you know the league has historically not cared about. Well, I shouldn't say historically, but recently not cared about. Um, and I'm starting to get suspicious that if they get it up to 40, that they'll do some sort of weird MLS 1, MLS True. 2 promotion relegation to kind of keep the have-nots down and keep the haves up. Either I would not be surprised to see that. Split up the East and West and have them yeah, not I play each other that. at all. That would be weird. That'd that be would awful. be very weird. And then have like the championship game between the yeah. winners of the two leagues. That's just something yeah, I, I could see happen. Yeah. But anyways, that's that. And then the last thing I wanted to bring up is it's insane to me. Did you guys watch the Red Bull Sporting Kansas City game last Sunday night? No. the I honestly haven't watched much MLS the past two weeks just oh, from that's right. you were gone. busy schedules and everything. But I don't know if you saw it going around Twitter, but um, at the end, almost towards the end of the Red Bull game, um, Kaku decides to hit that's the ball right, yeah, right okay. into a fan. I didn't see that. And... Um, I got a lot of grief on Twitter because I said that should be at least Twitter. a sixth Twitter. Twitter, <laughs> it's like Wikipedia um, should uh, get at least a six to ten game ban or a season long ban um, because of player fan safety. I think it's different than if he did it to another player. I don't really care, but people are like, "Oh, well, it's not like he did it on purpose." It's like he hit it into the. He was at the touchline. He hit it into the crowd. I don't care if he did it on purpose. There's. 35 different directions to kick the ball that don't go into the fans. But the part that I find fascinating is the MLS Disciplinary Committee report came out this week. No mention whatsoever of Kaku. So I think the league's going to pretend that it didn't happen and then just like hope that people stop talking about it. But Yeah, so I think 6 to 10 games or whatever you said, I think that's insanity. But I would say like the fact that it also isn't, you know, I feel like it should be treated just like a red card, almost yeah. just, just one game what, suspension. Yeah, like I, I, I don't, I, yeah, I, I don't think it should go, you know, completely unmarked. But, and I also don't think it should be a fine. Really, I think it should just be, you know, a game or two. Like, I think it should just be like, because I mean, what happens if the fan dies if his neck snaps? Well, and he's uh, it's just not realistic. What are, like, like anybody can die any moment. <laughs> no, nah. I just don't think it's not like. It's outside it's the like, scope of the it's game. It's just not like he threw like a sword into the stand. Yeah, like, yeah it's outside it's, the scope. It wasn't during a play. It was literally just like a let me kick it. Yeah, I think it's like a, yeah, I think it'd be like if that happened during a game, that would be an obvious like yellow card. Which, but I, I don't know. I think anything I, more than one game would just be ridiculous. Like, I think it was bad. I think but it's bad, but I don't think it... It yeah. wasn't, like, multiple game-worthy. I could tell you as a fan, I would 100% file a lawsuit against him. 100%. <laughs> I don't think... <laughs> well, no I mean, question. Yeah. You're also mind. a lawyer. So. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so from that perspective, I think that when it comes to fan safety, because Robles comes out and says, well, that's the price you pay to, be a, to sit in the front row. Like that's just that's insanity to me to have such yeah. disrespect for again. I don't. Again, I'm not saying like I'm not saying he's right at all. I honestly am not a big fan of him as a player. I think he is kind of one of those him. just kind of he's just like comes across very trashy. Um, <laughs> um, trashy is probably the wrong word, but he's just like he's just one of those guys. You know, like you just as a fan, as like an opposition fan i just do not like him in like the way he, and the way he carries himself on the field <laughs> that's a um, low blow there but yeah like you know i don't want to say he's a bad human like brexit is but like um i just don't like the way he carries himself on the field so i'm not like advocating that it was perfectly fine i just think that 
yeah. anything more than a game would be a little excessive. But yeah, the other I do interesting... agree that I do agree that ML, it's kind of annoying that MLS just kind of turns their yeah. eyes to it. Yeah, one thing that is interesting too. Apparently, he's been trying to force a trade. So even if they do do some sort of high end suspension, it's not going to yeah. matter because it won't carry over to a different league. So I think that you know that's and Red Bulls choking the playoffs area. So it really well, doesn't the matter in the regular at all season, in the grand which is awesome. Below the playoff line right now. Oh yeah, way Whoa. below. So anywho, that wraps up the longer edition here of Conversation Twenty Three of Podcast for Columbus. Conversation Zach Steffen. That's right. There it is. Um, I'm Todd Fichtenberg at Toddick33 for Dakota Stewart at Dakota Stewart and Kamike at, at Kamike4. And we'll see you next time. Vamos Columbia.